0: Welcome to Connected with Lori, I am your host Lori Caruso. This video and podcast is designed to highlight the future innovations of technology and we are certainly going to demonstrate that for you today. Please welcome my guest Farouk Aslam from Sinclair Holdings and my other guest Rich Berliner for 5th Gen Media. Hello gentlemen, welcome.
1: Hi Lori. Hi
2: Lori, how are you?
0: I'm fantastic. How are you? Excellent. Little different out there today. I know we're not traveling much. It's uh, unique, I mean, clearly. And what we're demonstrating here from a technology perspective, Farouk, I know that you're doing so many incredible things for innovations. And you have some pretty big deals happening in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, correct?
2: That is correct.
0: So I would love to talk about what you're currently doing today, how it's improving innovation, and what you're doing currently in your hotel system.
2: So, we finished our hotel project Sinclair at the beginning of this year. We had our official grand opening um, on January 23rd. But we learned a lot in this project from using low voltage power using Ethernet cables, or as we call it, POE power over Ethernet cables. Initially, um, four years ago, we were doing lighting with it. Then, during Sinclair development, we started. Uh, making our window blinds, motorized shades, and window blinds run on Ethernet cables along with mini bars. So we have mini bars in the room and we have our bathroom mirrors with TV or infotainment system. All those systems run on PoE power. Um, but there was a lot of learning. Uh, the learning was that why can't we do air conditioning in the building using Ethernet cables, which sounds kind of wacky to people? Okay, you're running an air conditioning system using an Ethernet cable and then TVs, and then hair dryers, and then iron in your room, right? And then your coffee maker. The idea is that long-term we want to eliminate traditional AC power from buildings, A. B, we now have endpoints, each of the um, products I mentioned from AC to iron to hair dryer, that's an endpoint. Now we can have an IP address for the endpoint and absolutely monitor its power level, power consumption, its status. Uh, We also have a Bluetooth mesh in the building. Initially, the idea was occupancy sensor using a Bluetooth mesh. And we have now realized we can do a lot more with that mesh installed. We can uh, do asset tracking. So if I have these, as I mentioned, a hairdryer or an iron, I can put a little beacon and track that asset using my mesh. Where is that iron? If somebody tries to remove it, it'll notify the housekeeping or front desk. It's been moved from that room. So each room has a Bluetooth mesh. When you leave and a product leaves that room, it'll beep. Yes. Whatever I wanted to do, you know, I can track my housekeeping carts. I can track other things in the hotel that I want to track. Um, so it's a great product. I mean, once you have this, whole mesh network the possibilities are endless what you can do with it so those are the new things that we are developing you know so Sinclair got opened up with a Bluetooth mesh initially for occupancy it has the PoE powered lighting it has the window blinds but now we are saying what else can we do so these in our lull time these days we are now uh, modifying an air conditioning unit that will then run on ethernet cables and subsequently we'll convert more and more of these you know
0: well, it's certainly impressive. And I've seen some demos for what you're able to do in these hotels. And I know, you know, being out there and staying in several hotels myself, it's all about, you know, what you can do for your for your visitor that's going to eliminate the stress and the struggles of being able to travel and have it more like a, a homey environment. What gave you the idea to do what you're doing today in these hotel systems or your hotel right now?
2: So very interesting. I had finished working on a hotel in early 2016 another ground up marriott spring hill suites in fort worth <clears throat> that hotel had 100% led lighting which is which was very normal uh, for everybody to install led lighting for energy efficiency and i was building a lead building a lead goal building and i had to have dimming system per my city of Fort Worth Energy Codes, so different zones. I had 46 zones of dimming. So my architect and my MEP consultant had designed um, a Lutron dimming system. Uh, when it came time to commission it in early 2016, it didn't work. We reached out to Lutron and they said the electrician didn't do a good job in installing it. And the electrician came on site says, I've done everything per plans. So nobody took responsibility and that was very frustrating to me. And I just made a statement at that meeting, uh, for as long as I live, I'll work to design a system. I don't need both of you guys, you know. I think I said it in the heat of the moment, but subsequently I started putting my mind to it and I researched and I learned that every LED light, every 100% are actually low voltage devices. So I said, why are we using AC power to power them because that's the infrastructure that exists in homes and buildings. So how come nobody considered putting low voltage infrastructure? Then one day, early April, like maybe April, May of 2016, my desktop phone rings and the screen lights up. So I realized the power in this phone and the screen is coming from this ethernet cable that's connected to the back of the phone. So I said, well, can we use this power over ethernet to power lighting? I started doing some research. Cisco Systems had been doing this in very small scales. I reached out to a Cisco um, engineer who now is one of my business partners. Uh, Lewis, he was in Miami. And the rest is history. We fr- From Cisco, we met several of their partners because there's more than just an Ethernet cable. There's a driver that's Ether- PoE powered. There's other components. So one thing led to another And before we knew it, we have a huge uh, opportunity with this, you know.
0: Wow. It sounds like you do. That's pretty innovative, to say the least. So my co-host, Rich, I know you have some questions too.
1: Yeah. Um, So Farouk, you've heard the expression, we always do what we've always done because that's what we always did. Um, You are, to me, the antithesis of that. You're the exact opposite. So you look at stuff and say, well, why can't we do this? And that's kind of how this came about. So one of the things that I find interesting in this is the fact that you were able to take something that was sort of in its infancy at that point in time and turn it into a much, much bigger situation. In terms of, if you think back to what we saw when you and I were at the CES show, do you have that giant 3D hamburger over the bar um, that, That uh, that piece that you bought at the uh, CES show—it actually looks like it's a hamburger hanging in the air, and it's literally not connected to anything. Do you have that running? Uh, I the, do. Uh, uh,
2: I, I, well, right now the hotel is closed, so I do have that piece here. You know, it's pretty cool. You can do some amazing images that are 3D and they're suspended in the air. You know, right. And um, that is also being run on low voltage, I assume. It is low voltage, but not on Ethernet cables yet. We will convert it to Ethernet cables. You know.
1: Gotcha. So, so the, the interesting things I think you did, and Laurie's talked about innovation and, and all of the neat things, but really taking everything in the building, your in-building mesh system, your HVAC, um, the things that people don't normally associate. Yeah, we all know you can run the computers in your office and the lighting now with uh, low voltage, or as I like to call it, digital electricity. But how did you figure out how to do the, the other stuff that nobody else was doing at that point?
2: So, you know, you, you, you always come across these young children who always ask this question, why? So I had this bad habit all my life to ask, why? Why do we do it this way? And when I don't get answered from somebody I like to go dig it myself, you know? And I'll give you an example of air conditioning. Nobody would even think to consider running an air conditioning inside your guest room or in your office using an ethernet cable. They would think it takes a lot of power to run that unit. So the technology we use is called VRF, which is a very predominant air conditioning technology because of its energy efficiency all over the world. It has less penetration in U.S., but it's the fastest- Growing uh, within AC, uh, different AC systems that are installed in US, VRF is the fastest growing, but it is a predominant standard uh, in our both neighboring countries, Mexico and Canada, Europe, Middle East, Asia, that's a predominant standard. It approaches almost 30 plus years of energy efficiency. In that technology, the indoor unit, uh, you know, uh, which is called air handler in technical language, Uh, is a unit that's blowing air into your room. Sometimes it's hidden. In most guest rooms it's hidden and sometimes it's visible, like a cassette, a grill, you know, you can see. Um, I did some internal studies and that unit takes, typical unit for a guest room, takes less than 50 watts of power. Yet, today, these indoor units are powered by 208 volt AC, 208 volt AC. The electrician labor is much higher Than a low-voltage guy getting up on a ladder and connecting an Ethernet cable, a plug-and-play, just a connector. It saves you so much time in the field. You don't need electrical inspections. And the mechanical contractor can install the unit and connect this Ethernet cable if he wants to. But more importantly now, the controls. Now you can control the device because Ethernet cable means it's both power and data. And we've all seen in fancy homes a million million dollar homes we've seen these um automation uh touch screens you know to control everything in the house from blinds to ac to lights to fans because they say you you put these little touch screens and all of a sudden your mind thinks it's a multi-million dollar home because you have all this automation system there what we are doing with ac tv lighting blinds minibars I, we already have touchscreens in our hotel room. These things will be byproduct. You can put these touch screens everywhere and don't spend $1 extra because that's built into this technology. The automation is built into it because everything runs on an IP network. We made things simpler. What we are doing actually is making things simpler than how they're being done right now.
0: Gotcha. Farouk and Rich, it's so wonderful to have you here. I'm gonna
1: take a short break and we'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Connected with Lori. We have Farouk Islam from Sinclair
0: Holdings. So excited to have you here. We're learning so much about what you're doing in innovation. I'll tell you that. So Rich, kick it to you.
1: Yep. So Farouk, one of the things that um, I see here, there you go. Um, One of the things that um, we talked about for a long time was how you kind of put this whole system together. And one of the pieces that we learned about, along with the uh, the Cisco switches, was the uh, Volt Server piece of this. So you are using their gear um, in the in the hotel. Um, what does it do? What does Volt Server do for you in the hotel, and, and how are you using it? So this is Volt Server is a very interesting uh, technology. The technology
2: they call is digital electricity. Um, as the name sounds, digital electricity, they take AC power, convert that into high voltage DC power, and then into packets of energy in joules. Uh, and they send those packets across 700 packets per second um, at a very high rate, and then recollect them at, at the receiver. So while it's moving, it can. it's a class two power as it digitizes. And then it transports, they can go up to two kilometers or almost 6,000 feet distance. And then you can collect those packets back and convert that back into a high voltage DC power. So it's a great product in high rise buildings or going long distances on uh, 18 gauge cables or speaker cables as we call them. And you can move almost 1,100 Watts of power on a pair of 18 gauge cable. Wow. Um, And we we have actually experimented with over Uh, 3,000 watts of power on uh, a 200-feet Cat5 cable. You know, we were powering a refrigerator and a big power supply on one of the big Cisco switches. Pretty impressive. I've been using it for four years. Um, I think it has a great future, because now you can move power using a low-voltage contractor in the entire building, high-rise building or a big warehouse, industrial warehouse type of environment, and then attach your switches your uh, PoE switches at the other end. So you have basically eliminated an electrician. Also, digital electricity, and we call it DE, they're also coming up with uh, data packets uh, along with the power energy packets in them. So it'll start acting like a PoE power where you can absolutely control um, and monitor and measure the power consumed and any signaling you know can come on the same. Pair of cable, you know. So we're very excited working with these guys.
1: So you kind of were the person who kind of spurred spurred me on to recreate a term in our business. You used the term before MEP contractor. Well, we now, because of you, I started to refer it to as MEPW, <laughs> Mechanical, Electrical, Plumbing, and Wireless. Yes. So uh, that was that's that's coming from you. So Lori, i am going Hand it back to you for uh, for the that. last part of the conversation.
0: So I know that obviously it would be easier for new construction, correct, to retrofit and such to be able to do this. What do you tell, you know, your, your others out there for existing structure? I mean, is this something that's easy to retrofit? Because I know space requirements are a problem, you know, having all these dispersed systems that we really need to you know figure out and from a cost perspective this is a huge huge win but there's so many existing structures out there what happens with that how do you do that? so
2: so laurie both of my projects that i've done since 2016 are existing historic buildings okay not only they are existing buildings they are almost 100 year old buildings wow. so this product to me works better in retrofit than new construction because retrofit is where your challenge is in construction and this makes your life much easier, this technology. The third project we are designing in New Haven is also an existing historic building. So we are tinkering with some brand new projects as well, but the work we've done so far is exclusively in old historic buildings. I think uh, I remember being on a phone call with some senior executives from UL. Uh, New York City is ripe to go do retrofits and make them energy efficient There's a new law in New York City, where by 2030 um, building owners have to drop their carbon footprint, I think they have to make those buildings uh, 40, 50 percent more energy efficient. This is one of the technologies that will get them there. You know.
0: Wow, that's impressive. So, I want to hear a little bit more about this new this new uh, hotel that you're working on, New Haven. You said, talk to me a little bit about that.
2: So, there's a existing historic building called Pirelli Building next to Yale campus in New Haven. So we are working with the developer of that project and it's being designed to convert to a Hilton, a full service hotel. Um, it will run on also class two uh, uh, and low voltage power and with very high efficiency LED lighting. And the project uh, is already designed, uh, it's bid out. We expect construction to begin any day now.
0: Exciting. That's fantastic. It is a fantastic. So it'll be an hour and a
2: half train ride from New York City. We get so many visitors to Fort Worth from New York City. I think these days travel is difficult. So hopefully next year they can all take a train ride to New Haven and, and and see the technology in action there.
0: Absolutely. And I would love to also visit so I can have this all on camera. I want to see how it's working. I want to see it in action. And I'm sure the audience would like to see that as well. So hopefully we will be, be able to come there and check it out, so to speak. Absolutely. That would be great. So Farooq, tell me, I've also heard you're up for an award, perhaps, a nomination. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: So we got nominated for this Supernova Award. Um, it's um, the Oscars in the tech world, as I call them. Um, I am the finalist this year for 2020 Supernova. Uh, it's by voting. I'm uh, out there asking my friends and colleagues to vote for me. Everybody's listening. Um, <laughs> and we have uh, a lot of uh, our friends at Intel, at LG, at Cisco, are also supporting us on this. It, I think the fact that we are nominated, and the fact that we are finalists is already a, a big achievement, you know. And it just shows that it's be, we are being noticed out there with what we are doing here in Fort Worth.
0: Excellent. Well, Farouk, you definitely have fans here. There's no question. If there's anything we can do to help support that, we will do so. That is awesome. Well, you are doing amazing things out there. I have to say, I can't wait to see this continue, so to speak. And we're going to have you back on the show to tell us all about it. How's that sound?
2: Excellent. I look forward to coming back.
1: I just want to add that Farouk has been one of the nicest people to me and the startup of my business at uh, Connected Real Estate. Um, for absolutely no reason other than he's a wonderful guy. And so, Farouk, I thank you for all that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Rich.
0: Farouk, you're amazing. Thank you so much for bringing innovation. We will catch up with you soon. I connect with Lori.